Welcome to another discussion episode of Flip Switch, the Bipolar and Depression Connection, brought to you by the Child and Adolescent Bipolar Foundation. That's www.bpkids.org on the web. You can reach us at flipswitch at bpkids.org, in fact. And if you type in after the bpkids.org a slash and podcast, you get to go right to our podcast. Who are my co-hosts today? Chrissy. Chrissy. Our skater extraordinaire. And Ryan, what's happening, everybody? What we're going to do today is we're going to continue a discussion that Sam Reen and I started last week. I wanted to get your input because we only had one person's input in that, and that was basically me and Sam Reen. And uh, it basically ended up me grilling Sam Reen about this and that. So one of the big issues that comes up, of course, is uh, doctors always say, if only people would follow my instructions... They would generally be fine. We might have to tweak some stuff. We might have to work on some stuff. But they'd get better. So one of the biggest issues is something called non-compliance. That is the technical term for it. Which basically means, I told you what to do and you didn't do it. And so doctors kind of rub their eyes. And this is especially true with medical doctors when they give people drugs. Like their heart medication and all. And they go, what, you're not taking it? You think I just gave you that for fun? What What are you doing? Or they say, stop smoking. That's a big one with heart disease. Stop smoking. And then they're smoking like chimneys. My father does this. He's like had a heart attack. And he's like, well, I'm going to keep smoking. Yeah. Because smoking's good. And I like smoking. And you're like, <laughs> Dad, what's wrong with you? Non-compliance. Again, non-compliance. Now, Serene said... That she thinks it's an issue of infringement on the lifestyle. People just don't... They, they they magically think they can put it off and address it later. And they... As long as it doesn't infringe immediately on their lifestyle. And then they can pretend it's not affecting them. So, Mike, I'll start off with the first question. Why do you guys think it is people don't follow their doctor's orders? Sometimes it's a pain to follow all of these rules and take your medicine and you have to remember this and remember this. You can't do this and that. It's just annoying. Don't want to go to the doctor at all. I don't know. For someone my age, I would say because my parents are making me. So if you had a broke leg, you wouldn't go to the doctor? Obviously I would go, but I mean, it's just something that sometimes can be out of the way or annoying to have to do and you're just so kind what, of reluctant to go. So it would have to be a broken leg? Yeah, it'd have go. to be something that like, immediately was affecting me. So, like, do you ever have you ever gone to the student health center yet? I've gone like two times. Right? Did they give you any medication? Yes. All right? Did you take it all like they prescribed? Um, once I went in because I had pretty bad rash on my legs, and they gave me medicine to use for two weeks, and I used it for two days because so, it just got annoying having to put it on every morning. So they said use this for two weeks, and you used it for one seventh of the time. Yep. What made you think it was going to go away? The well, because it stopped itching immediately. So I was like, oh, okay, I'm fine. And then it came back like a week later. <laughs> you don't say. Yeah. So you mean those doctors who go for all that fancy book learning, they actually might know something. <laughs> they might have something going on up there. We'll come back to this because this is interesting. <laughs> Ryan, why do you think people don't 
follow their doctor's orders. I would side with both Chrissy and Simmering there. I mean, it's an infringement on lifestyle. You have a certain pattern set up in how you go about your day-to-day life, and you have to when you have to accommodate different things into that time schedule and fit things around and move different priorities into different spots. I mean, even if it's something as simple as taking heart medication, it's still something you have to consciously work into. Take medication! How hard is that? It's like, yeah. not even two minutes. It's like, right. bam, done. Yeah, but I mean, I even, I even find myself not taking, like, my multivitamin every day because I'll forget in the morning and then my vitamins are at home and I'll be out in the middle of the day and I'll remember it at that point and not have access to it. Then I'll forget about it when I get home because I'll get caught up in something else right. and I'll still be sitting in my cabinet. The issue here for me is that, you know, life is confusing. It's hard. It doesn't make sense. And you get easily distracted by a number of things that seem important at one moment, but then another point you realize aren't that important. And so figuring out for yourself how things are supposed to be is not easy. And when people say stay on the right track, do the right thing, it's hard to know what that is a lot of times. But now we're in a situation where someone who went to school for a very long time and I understand doctors don't know everything. Uh, they're humans like anybody else. But they're also humans who went to school longer than you, typically. They are showing you a direct path towards, quote, better. In Chrissy's instance, it was non-rashy knee. Your instance is multivitamin, maybe. Daily recommended use, whatever. And they're giving you a path, and you're still not taking it. In other words, they're cutting out a lot of the thinking for you. And still, you you reject it. I understand it because I've done that many times myself. But I guess that is so common. How do how do we get around it? I mean, it's it's not logical either. I mean, you can even for some people not taking their medications that are getting prescribed. See, well, for well them. let me what well, time out. Let yeah. me let me suggest to you it is logical. I believe there's a logic behind it. I believe people don't do stuff unless they think they can get away with it, or they kind of imagine somehow they can make up for it later. Well, the, yeah, if you take Chrissy's instance about if she broke her leg, she said she would directly go to the hospital and get it taken care of. That's something you can see. That's something you feel right off the bat. If you're talking about, like, heart problems or whatnot, I mean, she even used the cream for two days. It went away, and that's why she thought it was it was all better because it wasn't there anymore. She couldn't see it, and she didn't understand what was going on there, that there was still the probability that it was going to come back. Right. I thought, worst case scenario, it might come back, and I could just do the same thing that I had done and put the cream on, but I thought, best case scenario, like, it's gone for good, I'm good to go, I don't have to waste 10 minutes of my day doing this annoying thing. So you actually did a cost-benefit analysis. Your thing was the cost of having to go back and be annoyed by this ration so bad. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, another example would be... I. I get prescribed face medicine, face pills, and they tell you, like, when you go in there, you probably won't notice any difference in your skin for, like, a month or so, two months, and it's like, so you use the medicine for two weeks, and even though you know you're not supposed to notice any change, it's just like, okay, this is pointless. Right. And then if I forget to take it one day, then it just is, like, a spiral effect. I keep forgetting to take it. And I think that, oh, it's okay if I miss, like, three days, I can just take three pills in one day, and you probably that's probably not a good thing. You were a skater. Like, yes. You were, like, one of those people who trained yeah. every single day, right? Yes. Did you have a coach? Yes, I did. Did you not do what he said? I listened 
to my multiple coaches and did what they said, but they were also on the rink while I was figure skating. And So what you need I is a doctor to follow you home? I had someone to be accountable for. My dad used to go to the rink with me, and, like, I had multiple people to be accountable for. Obviously, like, I was skating for myself and that I wanted to do it, but sometimes it's just, like, the daily, like, routine of doing something over and over can get annoying. And so you, you had backup mechanisms of people making yes. sure you get it done. Interesting, because part of the issue we talk about in the podcast is people are growing up with mom and dad kind of watching their back. And then they get to college, and nobody's watching your back, or at least they can't watch your back as well anymore. Or you go out, start living on your own, get a job, whatever. Nobody's watching your back. And this happens to a lot of people in freshman year. Hey, I can stay up all night. I can drink as much as I want. I can run around, do whatever. And you're like, yeah, you can. Doesn't mean it's a good idea. And around mid, about the beginning of sophomore year, you realize some people didn't get that lesson and they're not there anymore. So that's, I guess that is part of it. But then again, that sounds like another issue. We could say that that sounds like a backup mechanism. Tell people. Tell people of your plans. Hey, my doctor told me I need to put cream on. Did you put your cream on today, Chrissy? Why are you always bothering me about my cream? God. Yeah, I actually did that for, like, after a while when I wasn't taking my medicine, my face medicine, to one of my friends. I was like, just make sure I do it every day. I'm going to get really annoyed by you, but at least I'll do it. If you're accountable to someone besides yourself, it's much more likely that you'll do what you're supposed to do. Interesting. Because Samreen, we, we talked about she had a cardiologist that she went to or something, and she said, you know, originally she went because of her parents and then over time learned that she had to go by herself and that it was important to go. And But it all started with somebody backing up and saying, you've got to go do this. I don't care if you agree with it or not. Um, I, just, I, I just, I'm dumbfounded when people just start going, well, especially when we're, let's, let's make it more real. You're talking about depression, right? I'm upset. I'm unhappy. The guy comes in and says, if you do these things, you will be happier. And then you don't do them. What's that about? Because that is what we're talking about, right? Right, yeah. I mean, could part of that be that when you are depressed, you get used to living that way of life. You can't muster the motivation to go back to how it was before. Yeah, physically, you are so down that you might not be able to even get started. And that's uh, where antidepressants and stuff like that come in. But even then, like sometimes you have to have behavioral methods to get out of that. Uh, and that's not easy by any stretch of the imagination. That's a good point. But even still, like, I, and, uh, especially with movements-based stuff, or even non-movements to some extent, even just flipping channels sometimes is hard if you're depressed. That can be extremely taxing. And so I, I guess that does make sense. You, it's hard to... Uh, stay on the right path the big thing but that's but non-compliance is even a bigger issue with people with uh, bipolar so what the typical things you hear this from tons of clinicians they'll say guy came in he was a mess got on uh, some mood stabilizers did well for two years so well that he decided you know I don't think I ever really was bipolar I'm gonna stop taking my medication stop taking his medication six months later right down the tubes but again I think that goes back to you. he could see it he could see the bipolar disorder screwing up his life or you know what I mean taking control but he right. didn't have control over it well I think more to the point uh, my experience of those people is that they, they're not sure in those instances all they know is their life's really screwed up and they'll they'll accept that somebody says they're bipolar and then when their life gets better they're like well maybe they were wrong all along and I'm not really bipolar 
that's that's my experience of how that goes and the messed up thing is when you have clients or patients that do that you can see it coming they'll start throwing around that idea for about two months well not so sure maybe they were rushing to judgment when they made that diagnosis it's just a very big coincidence that I've been on this medication and been doing well for the last two years right down the tubes I don't know I don't know the answer to this it drives me crazy it really does because what we're asking people is to change their life to some extent ultimately what we're saying is do this you'll be better off than you would be we're not saying you'll be ultimately happy you'll be better off than you would be if you didn't and that's roughly true get good sleep try to frame your life around a structured pattern try to live up to the principles of that structured pattern to help teach your body a nor nice normal middle follow your doctor's orders do not isolate yourself when you are depressed um, you know basic stuff and if people don't follow their doctors why, the, why would they follow us yeah. I don't know. I mean, I, I think at that point, it comes back to Chrissy's thing. You need, I think it helps when you have the outside influence governing you to a certain degree. And what did we learn on our teen roundtables, Ryan? What would it involve to get somebody to kind of keep you on the straight and narrow in that situation? You got to ask. Right. And what did right. we learn from our roundtables? Nobody wants to tell anybody. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Nobody's going to tell anybody they're depressed. Right. How do you get back up for that who wants to admit they're weak right so now we have a, a vicious cycle i know one of the things that you talk about a lot is surround yourself with good people i think that was one of the preventative factors yeah and if you're surrounding yourself with good people i realize it's still going to be really difficult to say anything but they're much more likely to yeah i, I think to some extent even good people are, are to some extent even more intimidating because you're like well, they're good and now i'm bad I don't want to be bad. I better not tell them I'm bad. They'll throw me out of the good, good person club. And that, you hear that a lot, in fact. And also, and this is a sad fact of the human condition. A lot of people judge good in really weird ways. My friend does lots of drugs, but he's a good guy. He steals a lot, but he's a good guy. Like, okay, maybe you shouldn't be taking advice from that person. <laughs> or like, yeah, he, he's never once. I've never told him a secret. He is not revealed to anybody. Everybody. Uh, but, you know, I can count on them this time. And so, yeah, that's, a, that's another problem with the good thing. I think part of it, to me, is that people just don't really believe. They don't really believe that. I think if you truly believe that, it's like anything. I'm tired, but there's a million dollars at the end of that hall. I'm going to go get it. Neither of you would get up if I told you there was a million dollars at that end of that hall. Because you don't believe it. If I told you there was ten bucks, I bet you still wouldn't get up. One of you would get up and go check because it be, seemed worth it, but like, there comes a point where you're just like, I don't, I'm not sure. So much effort. Do I really, do I really want to do this? Is it really going to matter? I've done all this other stuff. It doesn't matter. Um, that is the ultimate thing. So do you think the key to that is getting someone to believe and accept what the doctor is actually telling them? Yeah, I think it, ultimately, if you don't trust your doctor, get a new doctor. Right. If you uh, don't believe in doctors... Go try something else. When that fails, go back to your doctor. But, you know, I go back to Chrissy's thing. If you're not going to follow your doctor's orders, don't go to them in the first place. This, I would say, is not just a mental health issue. It's across all medicine. I mean, just people, like, for some reason, they feel that I can cheat death. I can cheat 
your disability, whatever. In fact, that's exactly what Simreen said. She said, I feel like if I don't, you know, exercise and all this, you know, when it starts catching up with me in my 30s, I can, uh, I can start exercising then. As though, like, once you're unhealthy, you can just make up for it. It's not, it's not exactly how it works. Alright, when we reconvene this in the future, I want answers. Both of you, answers. You gotta fix everything. Okay. Um, we'll work on it. You work on that. And, yeah. I don't have an answer to this. This is why I like talking about because I don't know. And it is one of the fundamental things. Guys, flip switch at bpkids.org if you want to get a hold of us. Uh, we will have more later in the week. <laughs>